Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Happy Friday. Thanks for joining us for this week's edition of Take Two. I am so glad to be in the room with both of my friends, Greg Hughes and Mara Carabello. Thanks for being here. I know we haven't been all together for a while. Got the band back together. I feel like... We were just saying, I'm going to push record 30 minutes before I actually do, because we talk about all the good stuff before the podcast starts. Mara comes into this studio with like new words and new phrases. And I, I again, right. these she's memos do not then, cross my desk. I don't get any of these memos. So I don't know what Greg she's talking about. just learning about char- charcuterie. Now yeah, I, I, boards. I don't even yeah. know what that is. I didn't know. Whose it campaign I saw it. video was this? It was the Pennsylvania Senate campaign. It's a Republican. This Dr. Oz, Oz? Dr. Oz. He uses, he's out shopping for, what's it called? Charcuterie boards. Okay. And he's getting <laughs> this ingredients for it. So he's looking at the cost of broccoli and he's looking at the cost of salsa and he's looking at the cost of different things. And Those are he's weird complaining about, your board. he's complaining about how expensive everything is at the grocery store now. But I'm telling you, the everyday person doesn't know, wouldn't know charcuterie if they were sitting next this to it. This is your what home in the world state. Is it? Yeah, we don't. I don't know. Even I don't even know what that is. So this I guy, hear you endorsing the Democrat. No, but here's the contrast. <laughs> the Fetterman. Have you seen this guy? Yeah, I bald love him. With the with the. He's Patrick. your kind of guy. He's blue collar, but right he, and left. You know what? He's comes from a wealthy family. He has never. He that's that's his brand. But it turns out. Parents have been helping him well into his forties with his income. He's yeah. not. He's not well, out of jobs. Kind of like, so. us kinda like Donald it. Trump, but different. Now no, I want to go see that Doctor Ross video because I saw I him. Oh. I never saw the video, but I saw an apology where he said that he wasn't. He was tired, and I don't mm. know what it was. But he was it's like, "I'd like to apologize." Thing for I've it. ever seen. It. Uh, it, it really a, makes me fear a that a winnable. Ad. Yeah, it's a, huh. it's it's it, his campaign pushed it out. Maybe it's a maybe it's a digital ad. Man, I don't know what to what degree it was, well, but I it made it. look it up while you're listening. Oh my gosh, I, it's I'm so bad. It I know it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, and while we're talking about social media right now, since we've met again, uh, people were all up in arms last week because um, what'd you do while I was gone? See, I can't Senator, leave you guys alone. I, can't. I know we hung out without you because you were so busy. <laughs> um, State Auditor John Dougal came in and filled your seat nicely. Well, apparently not if there's all this outrage and concern I know. over well, last week's show. Oh, last week, that was two weeks ago. Last week, I do apologize. I took a youth group to Bear Lake uh, uh. to hang out in the rain. So we skipped a week. But last week, I believe Senator Lee got his third Twitter account, and people were going nuts over it because they didn't believe that it was him. Based Mike Lee. Based Mike Lee is real. As Greg will tell us, based is sort of the counter to woke, right? So based <laughs> is sort of like, yeah, that's, I don't how, even know what that that's means. how middle-aged white guys make it real. So based means like you know you're ba- you, that's you're, based, you're, you're telling the truth you're, yeah you're laying it out teller. there you're giving it you know you're unvarnished so his new Twitter account is that he opened in July is based Mike Lee that's right it's interesting though how much um, while we're talking about his account how much Senator Lee and Evan McMullen are kind of going at each other through their Twitter accounts oh goodness yeah and that's really why he opened it because he wants to have a conversation for the election that's not connected to his Senate, Senate campaign. campaign. And it's not totally unheard of when you look at Senator Mitt wrong. Romney. It's sorry, crudite. It's not, it's, yeah. yeah, it's not char- Oh, he was doing crudite. What, so what's this? What's that word mean? Oh, those are like more like the vegetables crudite. Crudite. Is that crudite like a crudite would be doing. the look veggies have, on a charcuterie For our listeners, so I've opened it up on YouTube showing his weird... Brussels sprouts. Cru- crudite. Yeah. Yeah, okay, crudite. crudite. That's another word I've never heard it's of before. It's fancy for veggies. Yeah. And then in, on your charcuterie board, would you would add meats. So, yeah. This is how unfamiliar I am with this vernacular, is I thought charcuterie is what he was doing, and it's this crudite thing. It's a C word. Yeah. It started with this. Kind of potato. Yeah, so. anyway. There's worse anyway, C words out there. It, it just <laughs> feels a bit detached when you're, I don't know, I, I just think it's a when bad you word. When you actually Google... Now, it just brings up a picture of Dr. Oz. Yeah, it was immediate. Yeah. Yeah. Raw, I like, I raw like things is what its actual meaning The is. other dude is bald. He looks like an MMA fighter. He looks like he's walking into walls. He just had a stroke recently, and that guy's going to, like, 
again, he's going to be like Biden, hide in his basement and win because of that Oz running those horrible campaign ads. Mm. Sorry. Damn. He was too fancy with his vegetable talk. I and before so. we get into the politics of the week, we were talking about based. Yeah. And I want to talk about woke, but before we get to you woke. You based a turkey before. On you, first base, night for you based, not based, uh, a right. turkey. Okay. So this is where the English language gets tricky. Uh, <laughs> Spencer Cox didn't like being getting called woke. That's in a Time Magazine article. But before we get to that, we want to go to the vocabulary section of today's <laughs> podcast. Because We're so glad we're back. <laughs> yes, because Mara taught us a new word. That uh, makes some sense, but I've never heard it before. I hadn't either, and I learned something this week, that if you were with someone who identifies as they or them, and you want, and you're calling them by their last name, so you would say Mr. Hughes or Mrs. Hughes, in this instance, you would say Mix Hughes. So Mix is the... um, descriptor for a them or a they, which I thought was interesting and I hadn't learned before. So you say it with such finality, but yet nobody knows what you just said. Again, these memos don't come across everyone's desk. Nobody knows. It's like if you fly a a pride flag now, you're racist because, or you're, you're, what are you? You're discriminating because you're not putting the new uh, triangle thing on the corner of the flag that includes uh, color as well as those that uh, don't they're yeah, asexual the, the trans so if part. you have an old school uh, rainbow flag you are very exclusionary in your conduct and i don't think people know this i mean it, it so, changes very quickly so i'm just gonna go ahead it just moves and very quickly and move right to fighting with you greg i find it i find it a little ironic that you are outraged by all these liberals doing this and yet let's talk about the issue we just were with Mike Lee, who's your guy, right? Mike Lee's your I guy. Love Mike Lee. Mike Lee just tweeted a sentence that included no cap bussin' for real for real. And you want to I don't know what that I means mean, either. I would police. ask I would ask for that to be I mean, I'm just uh, saying I don't get yeah. don't look for me for approval there. I, I don't see unlike you, Mark, I do not judge it all by right or left. If I don't understand what the words coming out of someone's mouth, I'm just going to say, I don't understand what in the world you just said. Well, I have just taught you a new word. So when you hear someone refer to Mix Hughes, you will know. You know, know let me ask you this question. I googled it and a news story came out from 2019 and it was an introductory to when your kids are going back to school, apparently, which I'm out. And as a little box for Ms., Mr., Mrs., or MX. You know, how come my feelings are never taken into account here? If I had to walk up and before every conversation I have from now in 2022 and going forward, someone looks at me and says, what are your pronouns? Are you a male? Are you a female? Can I be offended by the fact that I, that no one can discern my gender, that I'm asked if I'm, I mean, I... Why? Here's the good news, it, Greg. Can we? I mean, you're why never going to have this problem. This why is it that, that people are going to ask you. me what my pronouns are? I mean, I'm, what if? I'm I mean, not. What, what do I look? You might want to be assumed to be the, the gender that you are. And True. if some, if I walk up to a guy and go, "Are you a girl or what are you?" I don't really know. I need to know what to call you. There are some people that would Maybe be offended by that question, don't yeah. you think? I don't think you think? should go proper now. Don't you think that 100% would be hundred percent of the time? I'm just saying, Greg. You can call you know, me. You can Mara. go up to people and you don't know what. If you question their gender, that might not be a question that they think is understanding yeah, and just, enlightened. They might think it's rude. Go with calling them by their name, and then what you're you going to be safe. You say hi. What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> Let's you practice just write, together. You know, do we have pencil? Hi, can you write all this down? I need, I need a. I need. I need a cheat there sheet. There are here. a lot of changes. I don't even know how to communicate anymore. And I actually think the MX thing, if you're going to do it, makes more sense than they and them. Which my apologies if you use that as your pronoun. I just think when it's in a sentence, it the pluralism. Is it MX or is it MIX? It's MX, but because it's pronounced mix. Mix. But it needs mix. to be a mix of both. That's how I would get it. Is you're not you're not a man. You you're not a woman. You're both. A so now you're a, a mix. Because then it becomes a mix. You want it to be you're like an mix. RS. No, I want it to be MIX because you're a mix. You're not okay. one or the other. We're, you're a mix. All right. That's what I want. Instead of MX, it's a mix. Now you have an opinion. At least it makes. I can, I can get my head around that. Okay. It's it, it's MR, MS, and MX, and the MX is throwing you for a loop. <laughs> okay, but MR, would you spell it Mr.? <laughs> okay, like you would MIX for MX? I just. I would just see say, you don't even know what's your name. You don't even know. This Hi, is uncharted Greg. territory for you too. Don't act like you're right. enlightened. You don't know either. Speaking of enlightened, Governor Cox, he um, made 
the front page of Time Magazine. Actually, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the cover, but he does um, have a nice write-up in there. But the title, The Red State Governor Who's Not Afraid to Be Woke, apparently he doesn't like a lot. Yeah, I mean, this was a good, this is a, our, our lead-in was surprisingly apropos because, fit with this, you right? know, we were saying, I, I doubt the reporter intended to poke a bear. Like, I don't, I, I bet yeah, the reporter I, thought that this was like a like balanced a headline, yeah. sort of like a, oh, look, a conservative Republican in a red state also isn't afraid to be woke. And when I read it, I build in a little bit of irony with woke, be, mm. woke because I think it's, it's a little old school, but it's interesting that the governor very purposely felt like he needed to correct it and to sort of defend that that isn't his brand and not where he was trying to express yeah. himself. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone would read. Well, I, let me rephrase that. If he has a base, if this is a Republican state and he's the Republican governor of Utah, you would be concerned if yeah. you read that headline that is calling you woke because I don't think that is the place that right of center, at least self-identified right of center or Republicans in Utah would go. And so yeah. that would that would separate him from most of those that should be his base. Do you know what's also ironic about this though? So is I think that's why he's I he's think it was a national point of view that comes to Utah and sort of has in mind what they think a red state like Utah is like. Mm-hmm. And then they talk to our Republicans and they find them for lack of a better word, mainstream, or like they can relate. And I think they're surprised by what they may have brought in, thinking that they were going to find in what is a bright red Republican I also find that once you get, I think there's a disconnect sometimes in our more uh, metropolitan areas. I mean, I I remember reading um, tips on how to uh, deal with rising costs. Like don't board your, your pet every day and you can save money if you don't board them. It's like that's not actually a, a practical tip for a lot of people to not board your dog during you the day reading? while you're working. There are it was in the New York Times. It's one of your favorite Salt Lake pieces City of reading material. Again, back from pets. back east, you know, yeah. the northeast. They think sure. way to save your, your money, don't board your sure. dog yeah. or your, your pet. It's like, yeah, that's not helping us out here. We don't board right. them as a matter of, you know, right. daily yeah. practice. Right. No, we don't. But I feel like even, too, we've done some stories here at KUTV that – you know, we've really tried to find things that we thought were helpful. But even that, when you post them online, when you look at people who are commenting, the ones who are living paycheck to paycheck, they're like, none of this is helpful. I would save money if I could. I would do this differently if I could. But I can't. You know, I don't have a lot of wiggle room. And so, yeah, yeah it's a frustrating you know, thing for sure. You know, an interesting thing about the Time interview is that um, they, they reached out. The, the, the reporter reached out to me. I guess because I had been an opponent in the, in the Republican race that he ran in or something. And I didn't call her back. Why? I didn't even try. Why? Because I didn't try. I, I, I didn't. I was afraid of being misrepresented or misunderstood. Truly, sincerely. Did you read the article? I have. I've read what it. What do you think? I think? You know what? I think it's, um, I think it's fine. I mean, I, look, I, I, I reject the notion that you, that you can be, if, that if you're a Republican and you espouse the, the platform or you believe in the platform that comes from that mm-hmm. party or if you're a democrat and you have read your democrat uh, platform and you identify with it that you are two polar opposites that will never find common ground and the only people that can bring you there are those that do not subscribe to those platforms one or the other i think it's i don't think it's true i think i, I think that's a i don't i just don't think it is the case and so one of the observations made in that article was uh, if there was a poll, if there, there's polls out there that say many Americans wish there were more than two parties, and the governor said I would be one that would respond in that that poll, saying I wish there was more than one party uh, or two parties, but it's all we've got, and I, it just sounds like it's a, a default. You got Republicans and Democrats. It's a default, and it's so problematic and inherently problematic. It's what the, it's why we can't get together. I feel like I, I, I could take a that. knife and I could I cut the Republicans it. in half and I could cut the Democrats in half and then we could have four parties. <laughs> you know, I feel look, like there's a right and a left would both finally be a party. It is yeah. as if there hasn't been common ground found and compromise made. Uh, Tip O'Neill and Reagan did it and it's it happens every day. Look, if you're a state legislature and you can't print money, you have to wh- whatever your balance of Republican and Democrat legislative bodies are, you've got to find agreement. Hey, I, I it's just, will it's say just the I, way it am, works. It actually does work. I'm a little suspect that they'll be successful, but I am looking forward to watching the. Is it? I think it's called the Unite Party. Is that the Andrew Utah Yang Party? United or no, wait, no? No, this is the. 
Um, Christy Todd Whitman, Andrew oh, yes. Yang. It, I think it's called the Unite Party. Mm, interesting. He's they a fun follow on Andrew Yang yeah. fascinates me. He's, I, I, I he's didn't, out of the box. Yeah, he I was like the him. most interesting. I thought he was, he and Tulsi Gabbard, but t- Andrew Yang was one of the most fascinating candidates that ran for president. 100% on the Democrat agree. Ticket. I wasn't paying attention to him and my brother, who whose opinion I respect. He was like, you're not watching this guy? And you started reading his, he, he was so voluminous in his thinking. And the fact that someone's just bringing thinking to the yeah. table. Well, one of the things great. he got criticized is he wanted to give everyone a set amount of money and everyone's like, oh, that's a nightmare. The inflation will start and But he showed else. how much money but they would save. I know. And get this, if you'd have done that versus the way the trillion dollar budgets have been passed now that haven't gone individually to people, mm-hmm. it would have been cheaper. And I think what he talked about could have... Uh, Ignite the economy even well, further. He just so, started a new party, so you may want to look into that. So well, I'm a Republican, and I like it, but I like that guy. I think he's a thinker. I respect people that think and mm-hmm. and dive into these issues, and that's where I just I do not give up the hope that people can find smart, common ground solutions without right. abandoning their their party right. platform or beliefs. I think it's possible. Well, speaking since we're talking national for a minute here, um, Biden, I don't think's been doing a lot of winning um, of late. He's had some rough months. But he did get a big win with the Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, the big question now is that, you know, will Americans win? Or is this really just something that looks good on your um, Democratic ticket? So people are like, okay, you're doing what you're saying. So, Mara, when you look at what was passed, and it's hard to even look at it. it there's a lot that was passed. There's a lot of money being spent. First of all, will it be an Inflation Reduction Act, or was that just a fancy title? So, one, I'm going to say, I think... Biden has actually been on a roll, maybe unintendedly so, but this is the third major piece of legislation. Um, A couple of them were bipartisan, so I don't want to just credit him, but I think he's going in to the midterms with a lot more mojo than we thought. I don't know that it's going to drastically change the outcome, but compared to six months ago, actually, he's been on a roll. I mean, the gun control measure, this measure... Um, he he's sort the burn of pits bill, which was yeah. actually a lot larger. Yeah, bill, and I mean again, a, a lot of yeah. other people, but he is having this this moment. And again, I'm, maybe that gets him to the forties. Uh, I'm excited about this. It's not an inflation reduction bill. If and a lot of us have gotten hung up on the title. It does <laughs> actually look, but like that happens with every bill Greg that they is do. Like around. Hang on, hang on, it can't be the polar opposite of. That's the problem well, with it's that. It's not the that polar title. opposite. Most most of the economists say that it doesn't have an immediate inflationary <laughs> measure, but that in year two and three and four, actually, it tends to stabilize. And if I had to choose legislation, if we go back sort of pre-knee-jerk legislation, legislation is intended to have longevity more than it is intended to be an immediate bailout. So I, while I agree with all the criticisms of the short-term optics that the Democrats put on it, it's actually got some really nice bona fides in the long run about institutional inflationary measures. So for me, what is incredibly important is the climate change stuff. And I, I, this is sort of my personal agenda. I know that. But it was so critical to me. We, I thought it was an incredible mess when we were handing out money like a drunken sailor mm-hmm. last year that we weren't able to include climate. Um, what, what is the most meaningful and, and, and frankly more important to me in the long run than short-term inflation is putting these key climate measures in place. Well, some of the climate measures work is one of the questions. So both of you can talk about this, but there was a $7,500 tax cut I think a lot of people are excited about that have been wanting to maybe switch with high gas prices, thinking, you know, an electric vehicle is the answer. And the week as this was passing, GM and Ford both hiked their prices about six to $8,000, which may be warranted, you know, with cost overruns and things going up. But people who are looking at these cars are thinking, okay, well, did they bump you the just prices? Tricked me. <laughs> yeah, you know, because now they know they're going to be getting these tax kickbacks. And then also um, we're seeing companies, too, with the, the microchip uh, bill that was passed, too, where the companies there are, you know, laying off or moving things. And so are they going to have unintended consequences where the businesses still try to get around it? You want to pay me to pay I'm a 15% you, tax? Let me lay it I'll out I'll charge for you. it more for 100%. you. 100%. Right. And it's sad. Greg's but, ready. But to Mara's point about the, the, they did themselves a disservice even using the word inflation reduction because it, it, even the Washington Post says it's not, it's not reducing fl- inflation anytime soon. That part, it, it's not real. NPR, as soon as it passed, called it the climate, uh, health care, and, and, and spend tax bill, the climate, health care, and tax bill. And that's what it actually does. Yeah. 
um, or where the areas that it's focusing on. Here's the saddest part about that that $7,500 tax credit. Uh, it's only good for those cars that have a battery uh, that 40% of its rare minerals in that battery are mined in the United States, which doesn't include any of the, our electric electric vehicle cars. That means you only get half of that. Okay, so when Ford or any of them go up 7500 or 8000 bucks, your your Tesla is only good for 3500 of that. Or you can view or it you as can incentivizing go to Grand, the yes. shifting of manufacturing. You can go to Grand to County and you can go to Moab and all the leaders down there and say, great news, your, yeah. ba- your cars, we can start mining down here in Grand County again. We can mine for all the lithium. We can mine for the cobalt. We've got it all down here. Let's get the mining industry back here in Grand County and they'll lose their minds because that's why they went to electric in the first place. They thought extraction was the big evil. But you need extraction for these batteries and so, not a car out here. Well, actually, there's like 72. I didn't so, know there was this many. Most of the mainstream cars you know do not have 40% of those minerals. I think that's how they got Mansion, uh, uh, Mara, on they the They got bill. Mansion by Be- handing him a boatload of pork. Well, I think it's the mining. Later. It's the mining of oh, 40% of the battery yeah, has to come out of here, but they're the not. Proje- the China's the only one that, that, that provides all the lithium no, in Manchin this world. No, Mansion got a big old pipeline. That's what he got But out that's of an unintended consequence, Heidi, that there's no, there aren't any vehicles that are going to really practically qualify for the whole redu- amount because 40% of the mineral, rare and minerals in the batteries the are not here. Uh, China controls the, the lithium and those and those uh, mit- rare minerals, and I don't. I want to see the Democrats that are getting really excited about the mining of rare mineral minerals in this country. I don't think it's a it's an area of the industry that Democrats are traditionally excited about. Right, but you do see um, clean air and resource advocates who are taking that into consideration. What about so nuclear? Do you, don't do you like monolith it? Do you like I, nuclear? I am learning to like nuclear. Thank you. I I like nuclear. I I've heard it's been it's been it's been very Democrats have been very judgy about nuclear, but I think there's some nuclear's there's some tricky. But it definitely, if you want to move in the direction that you know you're getting rid of gas, you've really got to go. There's got to be totally nuclear. do it. Has to be in the portfolio, and then we all get worried because we see stories in Ukraine nuclear about meltdowns. <laughs> well, yeah, like, they, they've I got mean, small yeah. reactors they can make. Now we don't have to do the the you yeah. know the Chernobyl the ones and big the, ones. Yeah. Know, the and then you have the Germanies of the world. Yeah. We're shutting them down because Russia <laughs> convinced them it was a great idea, exactly. and now it's like, oh shoot, yeah. Now we need your gas. There's always problems. There's a lot of problems. problems. That bill, that bill is just going to, I think it's going to accelerate inflation. I think it's a, it might be a win that you got the votes. It's not an accelerator by any stretch of the imagination. How about the. And by the way, gas prices are falling. So like before, (laughs) like, I mean, Biden (laughs) is having a moment, whether it's attributable to him or not. It is interesting because guys, gas prices are what? I can't remember. I didn't check today, but it's probably like day 63 of them decreasing. decreasing. Although Utah and the West are different. And the thing is, is that I don't know that the president, if he was going to call it Putin's price hike, he probably can't un-Putin's price hike it on the way down. He's probably getting a win from like the shadow of something, but I don't know. But here's here's the problem I have. If I took $4 away from you and I gave $2 back, I can't, you cannot say you just met, you just, you just saved $2. I took four from you. It, it, the amount that it has dropped still hasn't got anywhere near the amount that gasoline went up in, on his watch. I mean, we were at 260 when, when Trump left office, we went up over $5. If you're telling me gasoline is now averaging three ninety nine a gallon, we're still mistake. over that, that amount by a lot. You're still paying way more at the pump, way more. Right, and that, Biden's that's big a, mistake was pretending that he could do anything about it. But the reality is he didn't have it. I mean, it's about the commodities market. We repressed that, that we were at below 100 yeah, bucks a gigantic barrel. Our we supply were was dying. limited when he canceled all our those leases. Our supply has never been limited. Our, we're a net exporter, Greg. I know you don't like that part of the story, but we export oil and gas. Are you So you're saying that the federal leases and the permits to drill are the same as they were in the Trump administration? We're I'm exporter. saying we're not short on gas because now, how about America the Keystone Pipeline that was going to bring another 300,000 barrels a day the into the, the refineries in Texas. The interesting oh, thing I, with I think oil, a supply though, side does have something to do with I the and it, we get the sweet crude, which is actually yeah. a lot cleaner burning, and then we ship it to other people, and then we buy the dirty, nasty crude and bring it on because home. we've got the old mm-hmm. refineries that are built for that. So the way the world works is sort of backwards, and you think. And we've you could just save we've some always energy, been high for the Inner Mountain West, right? We've yeah. always been high, which makes no sense because trucks are passing yeah. with loads of yeah. And we we actually you know, incentivize the local refineries to to put to upgrade tier their refineries three. to do the yeah. tier three, and they use the waxy crude from the Uinta Basin, which doesn't which is they purchase for way below the commodity world commodity price. So they're getting the the, the 
the the crude for a lot less. So our prices shouldn't be anywhere near what they are. Right I now. know it's hard to understand how it goes. Uh, one person who's probably, um, I guess. She's probably come to accept this at this point, but Liz Cheney lost mm. her primary on Tuesday. By a squeaker. I think, yeah, a squeaker. <laughs> I I don't know, by her there. We saw this one um, coming. I, I don't know if we expected her to lose by this much, but um, Hageman was 66%. Cheney was 29%. She still obviously has a few months left in office. Uh, Greg, do you see her with a bright future in your party? Do you think she's going no. to run for president, and can she find the support the, to do so? Because she's tell, teasing us. The tell that it was just done before the election ever took place is when Al Franken uh, came out and endorsed her. I mean, I think that, that was pretty much it. But no, here's the, here's what I, I I really compare it to. Uh, we had a we had a Republican senator in Pennsylvania, Arlen Specter, and and he was uh, he was just everyone loved him, and he was a great senator. He'd been there so long. He'd made some votes. That he, he people were in Pennsylvania were starting to sour on him. Yeah, and um, and he realized he couldn't win an election amongst the Republicans. So he switched parties after all these years as a senator. He switched to, to becoming a Democrat, and uh, and then in the Democrat primary, he got thumped, and so he was out. But the decision to leave his party and to join a new party because he wanted to stay in power, even though he kind of saw that, that that the people had moved on is what I really see with Liz Cheney. I think the people in Wyoming didn't feel like she was representing them any longer. And she, she's not accepting it. She believes she, she, her father, the halls of power of what she has had access to and that her family has, it's a place that's so familiar and she's not ready to give that up or doesn't believe she has to. So she has a path that many around her might have told her is, is a reasonable path or a, a viable path. It is not. You were not going to see Liz Cheney as president of the United States of America. You're not going to see, she might get a great talking gig on MSNBC or something, but I think she's just been there too long. I think she suffers from what Senator Arlen Specter uh, suffered from, and that is not wanting to give it up or not able to see that the people don't want them to represent them any longer. And so Liz Cheney, I think, has a really bright future on the right side of the mm -hmm. political spectrum. There's no one that is more Republican than the Cheneys in America. And I think that there's a clear and broad path for her voice. What she'll or be president? doing. I don't know. I don't know that the numbers will be there, but but presidents are not awarded based on experience or uh, it's politics. And so I think there is a future for Liz Cheney. Most certainly the comparison of leaving the party isn't apt. Mm -hmm. Liz Cheney hasn't changed her political points of view I at all. I think she has, actually. I think she's switched on some of them. I think she's... I, 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 as someone who doesn't share her political points of view, but shares her character and moral points of view, I think she's stayed the, the very Cheney's true. The in general you do, or just her? Her, okay. and very true. <laughs> But she's just want to know if you were with Dick Cheney now too. Blue, I mean, she is a solid Republican, and actually, I do think that she has never veered from being a statesperson, a statesman. I mean, there's not at all. She has really not ever lost it. And in today's America, where there's so little adulting going mm -hmm. on, I think that there is a place for her. I don't know if it's going to be in partisan politics. I thought it was incredibly interesting that Romney sort of said, nah, she can't run. I mean, right, he was very open about saying he doesn't think there's a path for her to be president, and he doesn't think that's what she should do. I thought that was an interesting position. Um, he, th there was a little bit of couching in which he said, hey, I tried it and it can't be done. So that c might be taken with a grain of salt there. I don't So he's think saying, like, you can't run a little centrist and then? I, 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 think, I think what he was saying is if I couldn't do it, you can't do it. That's yeah. how I heard it. But, yeah. but I will say, like, if I had to place odds right now no but what we like and hate about politics is we don't know what the world looks like next year but i do know for sure she has a voice that people are responding to and that's needed i'm telling you i love the one direction that politics is going right now that i actually love is that i love that there isn't a bush a cheney a clinton a uh, mccain in the halls of power right now which hasn't happened since the early 70s where those families and their those people have not been in the halls of power i really do think that we ought to just start having some some different perspectives and some less entrenched people from my, both sides of the party engaging and but being part of in it Congress, I, I love that these dynasties these family dynasties forever. yeah i just don't I, i'm not into dynasties i'm not into it i'm glad that that's on its way out i think it's a good yeah. thing for if we're going to change i look that legislative branch doesn't act like a legislative branch. We know this. Um, if we want it to ever 
resemble what it was meant to be, mm-hmm. uh, you got to get some. You got to clean that out. And mm-hmm. I'm I, I I'm saying it from both sides. I mentioned both parties. So dynasties, no. I Everyday do. people, yes. Everyday people, yeah. like Donald Trump, just your average <laughs> Joe. Yeah, the blue collar billionaire. Just a guy who pulled himself up by his bootstraps. See, it's all, why do you always go to Trump? I mean, he's not even in office. But you're talking about who the power brokers are, and isn't he? Isn't he wagging not, that it's dog not right he now? It's not he himself. It's it's that America first. It's it's the so people Donald that Trump feel personally is not having an impact on the midterms. He is, but it's the message, not the person. Look, the person, the, the people, what people are gravitating to, I believe, is. Someone who isn't part of this establishment, someone that is talking about the things that are worrying them, that they were told through the regime media they're not allowed to talk about or they're not allowed to say, we do worry about an open border. We do worry about all. In fact, so much so that the Hispanic Party is starting to migrate to the Republicans like it's never done before. Um, Those are things that I think, with all the rawness and rough edges of Trump, I think the everyday people say that is not political. There's no focus group with this guy. I kind of want something that's not focus grouped and prepackaged and saying any you know saying nothing that would offend anyone i just want you know i want someone that has our interest in heart at heart and i think that that's what he's communicating whether you agree with it or not i think that's the the perception and i think that's what people gravitate to Trump, i think too late he should have been around in kennedy's time when there was no twitter and i think that he would have been out of his way a little bit where sure. he couldn't have been like the master <laughs> master of chaos that he is. Him. yes yeah. i think one of the things that that if, if we're on this podcast participating in it, and if we're if you're listening to this podcast, I, I think we'd, be, we'd make a mistake if we thought that all our listeners or us ourselves represent the thoughts and sentiments of America in general. I think we, we dive into issues. We like the dialogue. We like all of these things. But, but we, we would put – I would put as a Republican a DeSantis here, maybe as a more articulate or, or a more – artful uh, version of Trump, and maybe that's better. Ask the average American person. They don't know DeSantis, really. They don't. And if you think that DeSantis is walking into Pennsylvania and is going to win it in a swing state, you need to win a, a presidential election. I, you know, I don't. I think Trump has a far greater chance of winning Pennsylvania than DeSantis because oh, I don't, I don't think the I'm everyday people. I don't think the everyday what people DeSantis, track this the way we so do. So what DeSantis doesn't have is just you know his unlikes, and I'll tell you, like DeSantis, so he needs name ID. What are the things he's doing? It's 2002. He's already hit the campaign 22. trail. 22. He's already hit the campaign trail. Yeah. And he is no, and I, making I, look, money like I, nobody's I business. I really, really like Ron DeSantis. I, I think DeSantis, that he is putting on a leadership clinic in real time. I love that guy. But I'm just saying that what I think and what politicos think versus what the everyday people are watching, he, he's he got a high, high hill. Anyone has a high hill to climb. Well, the uh, interesting thing is, is I think that if you were to talk about, let's say, the Gavin Newsoms or the Ron DeSantis of the world, they're riding high right now because people are still angry about – However, things worked out with the pandemic. But if you get a year or two years out, if we're done playing, you know, pandemic, right. then I think the world changes a little. That's the weird thing is, I mean, I don't know how many years before Hillary ran and before everybody's like, oh, she's going to win. She's our girl. Mm-hmm. First female president. Well, and they haven't thrown their hat in, right? So you yeah. can sit and stay and, and yeah. be on the sidelines a little in peanut gallery. Well, we've got a peanut gallery on some local issues before we wrap up for the day because there's a couple big things going on. The Utah legislature uh, met, had a meeting a little earlier in the week talking about um, transgender sports and transgender girls playing. During that meeting, there was a discussion about a lawsuit surrounding a ban um, on the trans girls in sports. And apparently during the meeting, parents filed a complaint. This was somewhere in the state. They didn't say where, but they said parents of girls in some sport filed a complaint against an athlete who beat their kids and they assumed to be trans. So it opened up another can of worms of, you know, anytime your girl is going to be beat, is this going to be a question? Uh, Does it go into privacy issues? I should say that the way this state solved this problem was actually smart. I don't think my brain would have thought about this because you're thinking, well, how do you check? How do you know? But they basically went through school records, didn't tell the parents that the investigation was going on, quietly looked at school records and saw that this young woman had been a young woman since kindergarten, therefore, they could say, was a girl. But uh, it just brings up all the issues that are going to come with it. And then um, today, a judge ruled that girls could continue playing, whether they were trans or not, in sports. So there's kind of a hold in the court case. Mara, we're starting the school year. I think a lot of people were hoping that 
something would be figured out so that as girls were going back to playing sports, this wouldn't be an issue again. But it looks like it's going to be an issue for a while. So for me, this falls in. I mean, this is a complex issue. We've talked about it before. So sometimes you hate to tackle it because you unduly maybe focus on one portion or another. But to try and focus on a couple of things. I was actually pretty disturbed that they would validate and pull the record of a student without notifying a parent that they were doing it. On one hand, I, I get that they solved the conflict without it being a conflict. On the other hand, there's a group of people discussing my child, including other parents, without me being a part of that discussion. Yeah. And so I was a little sort of put... I, 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 I'm emotionally responding more than intellectually going, oh, I don't know that I liked that you pulled the record of a kid and didn't notify the parent. So there's that. But at the same um, time, how yucky to know somebody thinks that your daughter is a boy. Yeah, like, the other I thing is what. I also just sort of was put out again by once again a group of legislators, and I'll be a little snarky right now predominantly men who are discussing what it is to be a woman so anyone who doesn't know uh, clearly we don't know about what kids look like because no one would be surprised to find in a high school a boy who is five one a buck five and a guy standing next to him that's six three two fifty and we would go that's high school. And yet we're shocked that we might find a female student who is twice as high or twice as big and twice as strong. And basically, I found that to be an entitled people without problems who are just mad about their child. And I'm, this is maybe less about trans than my feelings about culture yeah. right now. And saying, yeah, your kid lost. And in high school, bodies and shapes look different for girls, just like bodies and shapes look different for boys. So I was sort of offended by using the trans issue to yeah. kind of whine about. And and frankly, if we get onto the sidelines of parents, it felt like another, my kid's not playing, my kid's the best. It felt like a continuation of that. To the trans issue, I am still so hurt that I've never seen a measurable that shows that the legislature should be spending this proportionate amount of time trying to draft laws and regulations on behalf of the state of Utah for something that I have seen no measurable problem that I do not believe parents and schools can't solve. And, and Utah High Schools Associations and the college associations. And I am continuing to be hurt, sad, that our lawmakers, it feels like bullying and it feels really hostile towards a very small group of children that I just don't think legislation is necessary and I think legislation is making it worse. Do I think it's an issue that should be discussed? I do. But I do not think is it an, it's an issue for the legislative forum. I don't think they have the skills. I don't think they have the wherewithal. And I think it's just mean. And I think it's hurtful. And so I'm bummed to start yet another school year listening to hearings on Capitol Hill about individual people who happen to be trans. And I think we're losing track of the kids. I think that if you wait, I mean, I think parents can get really wrapped around the axle inappropriately so about competition and their kids' success or failure. And I think that that's a, a, a sad part of, uh, of sports. And I've had a, da- I had a daughter that played, you know, soccer from the time she was five to and, and through high school and and i've watched it and it, it's not just that it's all i mean that's that's one of the things that's going on today is what you described mar is that parents get so wound up about sports that's why i actually think that there needs to be a way that protects the the privacy of individuals and students answers some of these questions that are out here have some parameters if you're waiting for there to be enough uh, student athletes who are transgender to then make it a problem that it justifies the legislature to look at it, they're going to be reactive at that point with all these parents and all their opinions and all their reasons why they think it might or might not be the case. I don't think that's the climate where you're going to get some strong public policy. I think you've got to get to this now. Put something out there. What I would hope is if there's a fundamental question that way, that that, an- that could be answered quietly, privately, and that we're not, it doesn't domino into a, this podcast and into a, a governor's press conference it it is I, I i'm sad that somebody's gender becomes political fodder and i would love for there to be a process where if there are questions because we are living in now in an era where you're supposed to ask people's pronouns because we might not know how do you find these things out where you're not harming these kids you're not outing them or, or people aren't i just i 
if you could just put if you just put some pro, uh, some transparent processes in place where these questions could be answered in a respectful way but in an, in an appropriately private way that's what has to happen here and i, and think I don't to get and I, there leave the legislators out of it <laughs> i don't know why you think i mean honestly i i I'm maybe you maybe your experience with the high school activities association has been stellar, but I don't find them to be the uh, so the maybe great they're not the governing body. But I mean, ironically, I, one I I think it will never be an issue because I, I I just think the population will never make it an issue, and and two I think this is one hundred percent a byproduct of politics right now, and I just think that. We have, we've never once called on researchers, behaviorists. We're not mapping to the child. We are completely mapping to fears and infamiliarity. So we can solve this problem if we stay child-focused. I I promise you, you're only speaking about particular children when you say we stay child-focused. The day that a a girl in a sport is harmed or injured... uh, because a boy who identifies as a girl is on an opposing team and injures that 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 a student athlete, or a girl who whose place on a team they didn't make the team because a boy who identifies as a girl took that got that roster spot. If you don't think that there are parents that won't recoil and react to that, they will. It's just a matter of time. If yeah, we don't find a better way to deal with that situation. We don't manage to the lowest common denominator. I'm drawing from being a girl. I'm drawing from being an athlete. I'm, I'm drawing from all, being a mother student and athletes. a I'm saying parent you gotta respect these of girls a student athlete. I do. I have a student athlete right now. Yeah, but your, your teams aren't not, tough enough where there's not, roster spots they could lose. It's You're, not <laughs> theoretical for me. My daughter plays competitive sports. That's not the if point. If I had a boy that identifies as a girl that harmed my daughter on that field with their elbows and because, you know, my girl, my daughter plays defense. It does get physical if out there. If I have a child I would who not is be harmed okay with by that. another child, it doesn't matter. It, it would to it, me. It 100% would matter to me. It doesn't it matter would. to me what If it was a young man who thinks he's a chromosome. girl that harmed my daughter, I would, I would react differently. I, would not, I wouldn't touch the child, but I would be at, more upset than under the, uh, a circumstance where, where the yeah, girls and I just tangle think and get hurt. Bad parents are bad parents. Well, if I'm uh, a bad parent are, for that, but I, I don't think I'm alone. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, you don't need... And I think that's a problem that's coming if you don't get ahead of this. another I think child. you need to get ahead of I just of this. think that is a trope. All right. I think it's, it's a total trope. Well, we'll see. I mean, if you don't, if they don't come up with a good process early, Who's the if you they? don't get upstream... upstream Who's the Policymakers. It can be... It, no, it can be... It can be lawmakers with the state office of education and the state school board and the respective school districts boards. I... I those are... Those are... They've been elected. Every one of those groups I just mentioned. I'm going to take elected. this little pause in the air to say we're <laughs> going to switch to another issue of protecting yeah. children. This has been um, a big topic of conversation over the last couple of weeks when the Associated Press released an investigation they've been working on for quite some time out of Arizona, where a father there had gone into his LDS bishop with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints and had confessed that he had uh, molested. I don't know what to what extent, um, one of his children. Uh, nothing was reported to police. The church has since come out and said that there, you know, maybe there wasn't complete clarity as to the timeline of how it happened and that there was only one instance that was reported to the bishop, not years worth, which what they found out later had been happening. The question is, should here in Utah clergy have that kind of privilege you get when you go to an attorney you've got your client privilege you know where you don't have to talk about it should clergy have that still privilege so people can come in confess um, their sins they can repent and move on or when there's someone at harm do police need to be called no matter what because whether it's one time like the church says or eventually what the associated press says you know years of abuse does the one time or many times matter, do we need to automatically be calling? Right now, uh, the governor is saying that he is open, Greg, to the possibility of the legislature looking at it and even passing a bill that would mean that there would have to be automatic reporting. Is that okay, or is there a religious right to the ability to go in and talk to your clergy and have that be kept private? I, 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 I don't even see how you could say otherwise than if someone came to their ecclesiastical leader and, and admitted to a crime. I, I don't know faith I subscribe to. Part of your repentance would be to get right with what you've just done wrong, which would include the legal consequences of that. So I don't even understand 
what we're talking about. I, I would think that would be part of the process is that you have to go through that. But what if you went in and you went to your LDS bishop and you said it only happened one time. I promise I'm not going to do it again. That's why I'm here talking to you. Yeah, I don't, I don't do think have they have that, that luxury. I think, safe. A, yeah. again, if it's a crime, I think that you have to, the proper uh, course is you have to make right for committing crimes. I, I just, I, I, I don't even understand how that's something you wouldn't report. I, I, I really, I'm not playing dumb. I don't understand it. I, I really don't. And there are people who go in in different faiths and um, talk to their clergy about this. Uh, does there need to be reporting, Mara, or do you say, you know, Catholics have been doing this for a long time. You go and talk about your sins. You can move on from them. Or does someone need to take what they hear in the private box and so take that to police? Many states, including Arizona, where the incident that the AP yeah. report started actually require you to um, report to law enforcement. That started, the where it got the mojo would would be the years after years after years of the Catholic Church ignoring systemic and long-term child sexual yep. abuse. And so that's another reason to pass it in Utah because we now have tons of sample ordinances, laws, statutes, and rules in other states mm -hmm. who adopted it largely from the Catholic scandals. And I was disappointed to see institutional religious pushback on this issue, I say gently in the state of Utah, from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and they were defending word choices that an AP reporter, but I think the net effect was, I wish they would have said, hey, listen, we would also encourage the state of Utah. I don't know if that's their position, though. I appreciated that the governor said that because I am with Greg on this. I don't see any reason. Many religions, and I believe the Mormon religion, agrees that part of repentance is the law of the land part. If it, in fact, is the kind of crime that has an associated law of the land. Some moral consequences don't have them. Yeah. But I would think that part of part of that process would be turning it over. I think additionally, what was worrisome to the AP reporter, and I think it's worth bearing if they don't know, it is the same AP reporter that broke the Catholic Church scandal and eventually had the movie based on his reporting. And I think one of the things that disturbed him the most was that there appeared to be an alternative system, a helpline, a, help yeah. a hotline. And I don't know, it was, to be clear, it was not just for this one subject matter. And and I think, you know, maybe that's the, where the church would go. But he was sort of saying, gosh, that maybe will perpetuate it, keeping it quiet within, within a religious institution and not encouraging it to go to a civil institution. But I would be on, I really appreciated this week where the governor as part of his press conference did I thought a tremendous job skipping the story and going to a solution yeah. and I would agree that it is time for Utah to um, pass a piece of legislation that helps ecclesiastical leaders I believe it would be a support system to give them a clear directive of when to turn over this I will say it Angela Romero I believe tried to pass this two years ago Phil Lyman this year also presented a bill, and I think they will be working together. So we do have legislators who are interested in drafting. I, I would hope they wouldn't get rid of the hotline, however. It's a, it's a lame no, ministry, meaning that they don't, people that are called to these ecclesiastical leadership positions have not, you know, they're not like clergy like the Roman right. Catholic Church. So they don't have any kind of training. They don't have any, it's not a, it's, it's not a full-time gig. And so there has to be some professional and and some direction that they can go to if they find themselves in a circumstance they didn't contemplate and they're not sure what they're supposed to do yeah they're not counselors, keep that keep that hotline going please but i don't think no. it should be debatable that if you robbed a store and you gotta you gotta have restitution you gotta go no you don't get to right. just drop it off in the middle of the night right. what you stole you right. you've stolen you've so got you to make it right you may want to talk to them about infidelity but you probably shouldn't talk to them about murder and stealing and i oh, and you I, do and again, you're gonna have to if you want to make right on that too you gotta you gotta fess and, up and i think the persistence and starkness of what happened in arizona which was horrible yeah right like that was a tough case to read about and um so I think that, that draws a very clear line about saying, hey, listen, when it is criminal, it's above your pay grade. And you should seek a reconciliation, perhaps, of the spiritual moral part of the person, but let us also but, seek but Mara, a reconciliation of the I would argue that the, the spiritual criminal. moral journey requires you to do this. Sure. You have to go through that. I mean, I don't know how and even you if could you get through the spiritual moral out. part if you're not, a, a, you know, if you're not a, being 
held accountable right. for a crime. If you don't take the criminal away from, you know, where, I mean, the yeah. crimes can continue. It doesn't mean that that's the end of it. So, yeah. I mean, I think saving. it'll be telling if we don't take action, though. Yeah, and it'll be interesting you know. to see what pushback, if any, from what organizations happen, the legislature, if this goes up there. Because I would hope that whether it's the Catholic Church, the Lutheran, the LDS Church, that they would all be supportive of the law of the land, as you said. I, the only, I, I will just say this. there's the, the, big, the most difficult part I found of being a, a legislator is the uh, law of unintended consequences. As we are discussing this issue, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind what the right thing to do is. Now, I am open enough, and I was when I was a lawmaker, uh, to hear from people who have concerns because maybe there are unintended consequences that I'm not thinking through right now that you've got to at least l- listen to and consider. So there might be something out there that I'm missing but about this. But we have examples of applied law, which is helpful. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not saying that I'm missing anything. Right, I'm just right. saying that I'm not saying that I've got my head around it 100%. So you're there might some be some teenagers infor- who had sex who came in and said, well, oh, I had sex, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. and then they turn them in for rape or something? Yeah, like we've grappled with this where the statutory rape age where you've got two teenage kids that are in high school that within grades or months, it would be considered, you know, a felony here and not here, but, you know, but they're both high school peers and their kids. And so I, I'm, I'm not trying to find a way around it. I'm just saying that it doesn't seem like a hard issue for me. If you've committed a crime, there needs to be a pathway that you get right for it, even spiritually by facing the law for having broken it. But I would allow for our lawmakers to hear from people and the perspectives that they want considered when they're going through this. But uh, I hear that as an attention to drafting. Correct. Right. Yep. Yep. That's it. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see. There is no shortage of um, bills that are already heading towards <laughs> no the legislative kidding. session that is still months away, I hope, because that's the cold season when the legislature mm-hmm. meets, and I am not ready for that. So we are going to savor these last, let's see, four weeks of what is technically summer until, I believe, the 22nd of September. So, um, Do you have any, do you have any, Ag- well, maybe it's too personal, but any of your kids Aggies, or are they graduate, your graduate, your daughter graduated, right? This is too personal. Right? This is funny. I have a former Aggie now. Uh, my do. daughter graduated, yes, from Utah State. And most of my siblings did. Uh, that Aggie just flew home this afternoon, and she just got back from her Italy trip. She was there for a couple of weeks. She's home for three days and then moves to the Florida Keys to do research on the Fun. coral reef down there. So, so my son's a yeah. new Aggie. He's going freshman year. A brand year. new one? Going next week, yeah. Where's he going to live? Oh, well, well, don't tell us. Like, he's on or off campus. So you can go kidnap Greg's son. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's Do not take out your your political frustrations on my kid. No. I know. It's just expensive. Has he been through orientation? Is he excited? Yeah, he went to orientation. He is. He is excited. Is this the missionary son that just got Mm -hmm. home? He's going up there? from New York City. Yep. I think he'll love it. I love Utah State and Logan. It's a fun, small college town. Not Um, commuter. Yeah. Great campus life. I like it. I think it's far enough away, but it's close enough. And But he missed the memo on the temperature. He's not really into cold weather. And he needs to check. (laughs) The one thing you learn when you live in Logan is you don't care about what the top of your shoes look like. You care about what the treads look like. That is so It is so true. It gets a little icy and windy up there. But hopefully now that the pandemic's over with and activities and fun are back, on again he'll have a great i'm excited for him yeah well i'm excited i love college campuses in the fall there's nothing better every time i walk on one i'm like why am i not in school right now so fun stuff happy back to school for everyone thanks for being with us and happy to be back with all of you again it's good to be back best friends forever that's right (laughs) 